0: For more great content, make sure you follow 717 Sports Media on all your podcast listening platforms. Also follow us on social media, on Twitter at 717 underscore sports, Facebook and Instagram at 717 Sports Media. We're also checking on our website daily for your daily news and sports videos at 717sportsmedia.com.
1: Welcome to another edition of Around the 717. I am your, one of your co-hosts, Carl C.J. Frederick. Alongside me is Aaron A. Freddy Frederick, who must be feeling pretty good about his teams, except for his picks this week. How you doing, Aaron?
2: <laughs>
1: uh, nice subtle jab there to start
3: off the night. I like that. Um, yeah, no, all the Philly teams won. Uh, my high school picks were terrible, but uh, I'm still in the middle of the pack, and like I said, it's a long season. You guys are... Uh, Getting ahead of me right now, and uh, I'm gonna make up that make up that difference. I'm look for, yeah. looking forward to talking about the the games and uh, recaps from last you're like week.
1: The, you're like the Eagles' defensive line. You're overpriced and not making plays in terms of your picks.
3: <laughs> that that is just ridiculous.
1: Sorry,
3: anything, I had to.
1: I'm, I'm AJ Brown.
3: Just coming. You're AJ Brown. The, yeah, just coming onto the scene, making plays. Uh, you know, <laughs> do, do for a nice season.
1: Oh, man, I guess I should just get over. They won, whatever. After watching Dallas last night, I do feel better that the Eagles won. But anyways, that's not what we're here for. We're here to talk about some awesome high school football action this week. We have a special guest coming on in a little bit as well, Coach Godiné of of Redding. We're excited to have him on. I've known Coach Troy for a long time. But let's recap some of the games. And You know, we're week three, about a quarter of the way into the season. A lot of fun, man. We saw a lot of good ones Friday night and Saturday
3: yeah yeah it was uh there was a lot of shootouts which is like what I'm what I love so i I uh yeah other than the Penn Manor disaster everything was um was really good and there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of good games and uh yeah I'm looking forward to hearing from coach uh troy uh from reading because it sounds like we missed a nail bite well, obviously we weren't there so uh, could have been cool to see that one in person. But, uh, yeah, a lot of cool game, games to go over from this past week.
1: Yeah, so let's get right into it. So, you know, you mentioned on the head Penn Manor dropping for the first time since 2018 to Solanco. They had a 19-7 to 7 halftime lead. They ended up dropping that game 29-26. to 26. Just tough sledding for the comments right now. You know, you like the effort and the response after they got smacked by LS the week before. But the blow a two-touchdown lead – as a home opponent against the Lancos has got to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I,
3: um, I can't remember a loss like that since I want to say probably around my sophomore year of high school when they, when they came into our house and, and beat us like that. But,
1: you know, that game.
3: yeah, like you said, though, I, I got to give the, the comments credit, man. They put up the heck of a fight and like, they came out and were, you know,
1: they, they were a different team than they were, they were a different – you're right. They were a different team than a week ago. For whatever reason, Some you can never figure out Penn Manor. They get intimidated by L.S., but then every year because uh, they play up the Solanco. Because for those who don't know, Solanco's been good. They've been – I mean, last year was a down year. But under this coach, Tony Cox, he's done a really solid job this year. And now Solanco, kudos to them, man. You know, fighting yeah. back, being down two touchdowns at halftime. And just sticking with their game plan, you could you look at their stats. They only threw like five times. That's what Solanko does. They love that triple option, yep. Um, and they stuck to it, and they came back. It sounds like, um, from a couple of the writers at the, that are at the game that you know Solanco was. It's I mean, kind of a just a couple of turnovers that were like unforced errors. Like they, I know they dropped a punt right by the end zone that Penn Manor recovered and capitalized on. Um, so it sounds, I mean, if you look at the total yardage too, Solanco did dominate the game, but yeah, you know, well, much closer. and another thing is, and I was thinking about it as I,
3: as I saw the score changing. Um, and I know I said it before on previous episodes, but all those seniors on Solanco that will change a game and, and, you know, kind of push a comeback in a game like that. And, I, I was thinking in my head, I'm like, as soon as I saw the game get to, I want to say like 1914, I said, I was thinking, I mean, this group of seniors that. this group of seniors is probably rallying the whole team and, you know, they've been there before, man. So that, that I'm telling you, that seniority that can mean something in a, in a game like that. I know Penn Manor has a good group of seniors too. Um, so I'm not taking that away from them, but uh yeah, I, I think Selenko might do this a lot to guys. There's late comebacks and, and stuff like that, but... yeah, they just I mean, bleed Sel- you to beats, beats LS. You know, LS beats the tar off of Penn Manor. And then Penn Manor comes out shooting and looks like they're going to beat him. And it just
1: goes south. Yeah, it just went south. I mean, kudos to Tony Cox's crew and Selenko and mm-hmm. the seniors. They deserve it. They just... I mean, they were... You know, dominating the game, honestly, this this game, there's no way around it. They just they had a couple of fluke turnovers that Penn Manor capitalized on. That's but they stuck to their game plan, yeah. That's run, 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 and they came out on top. And they moved to three and zero for Section four. Excuse me, Section three play begins. So that's that's big for them, big for the Golden Mules, because that showdown with Elizabethtown. In a few weeks, could be could be for the section title. Yep, the mules are on a roll. Mules are playing well. They're, as as I saw week one, they they are a legit contender in that section. Um, so moving on. So as said, Solanko congrats to him. Congrats to Coach Cox and his squad. Brady Mellinger is a great. Brody Mellinger, the quarterback, he's a great kid. I talked to him after the game, and they they're just they're a, a group of seniors that have stuck together. So moving on. We're not going to. Bent on Penn Manor's loss. That's not what this <laughs> show is about. Um, another big-time game, and kudos to Colin Richardson and um, on the coverage, is that Central York-Hempfield, and that was uh, surprising to me. I don't know about you, yeah, uh, brother, but uh, Central York, being down a couple linemen, obviously, they, you know, it's the new year without Perula, without Carter Glassmeyer, the big-time linebacker. They went into Hempfield and yeah, it was close. It was thirty to twenty, so it looks close. Really, Central York behind Jules Groff took it to him. So props yeah, yeah. to props to the Panthers.
3: It sounds like they got up on him early from you know, I, I Colin did an absolutely great job covering the game. And uh I just I was looking at his scores, looking at his updates, and uh, it just sounded like Central York got up on top and didn't let go. I mean it, it was And and, and, you know, Hempfield's great, a well coached team. So, you know, in my when I'm watching it, I'm thinking, all right, they're going to come back in this one, but it just never really happened for them. And uh, yeah, it's definitely a shocker to me because I think Hempfield's still at top tier team and uh, they'll bounce back from it. But um, yeah, great win, great win for Central
1: Europe. Oh, I agree. Yeah, no, it's a great win for Central York for a couple of reasons. One, it keeps them right in um, the playoff race. Not, I mean, not just the district playoff berth, but also for their um, for their section berth in the YAIAA. They uh, are right back on pace. They're they're, they're going to have, except for with the except for their ex- matchup with York later in the year, they'll probably be the favorites in the rest of their games going out. So, yeah, this might have been somewhat of a down year for Central York, but I know Coach Yancek. Known him well. He does a great job there. I doubt they're looking at it that way. And they, you know, just when you thought they were done, Central York is back in this district three title good. race.
3: They're always good. They have been since I, I mean, I, I only know because, you know, coming from Penn Manor, we used to scrimmage them. I want to say it was our first or second scrimmage every year. And it's like, you know, they, they just got talent
1: all over the field. And they're well they coached. A, they, they, they are incredibly well coached. I don't, I, Janshik's so, just so you know, Aaron, he's only been there a few years, and they, they've always been pretty solid, but since Jansh has taken over, they, it's where Central York has gone yeah. from uh, not just a league contender but a, a district and state contender, and he's continuing to do great work there. They have a kid in Jules Groff, the running back, who broke the yeah. first play of the game for 80 yards, ran all over a really tough Black Knights defense. There's He might be the next big-time running back coming out of York, and that's saying a lot. When you know, when you got a guy, in Jaheim White, over at, at York High who's going to West Virginia. Jules Groff is a name to know for next year. He's going to get some big-time looks. Good to know. Good to know. So, so kudos to them. Kudos to Central York going into Hemfield and pulling off that win. But, I mean, Hemfield battled, and, yeah, they go to two and one. But, it, I mean, honestly, as we're about to talk about this game. Because Colin, you know, texted me afterwards saying he, he thought this was Hemfield's year. To get, to get Manheim Township back. And it, I told him it's still very oh, well made be. Oh, yeah. It's still on the table. Absolutely. It, I mean, the, I think the top, there's not much separating the top tier teams in, in 6A for District 3, as many and people don't think. Don't forget,
3: Township lost week one to Cumberland Valley, another good program.
1: Oh, yeah. Cumberland Valley might might be one of the top teams. And yeah, really, but I, I mean, transitioning my game that I was at uh, Saturday at Harrisburg when Manheim Township stunned them i mean if if you were there you wouldn't see quite as stunning because township had many opportunities to really put that game away but harrisburg we had ranked number two in the state in they i mean it it was a first of all great atmosphere had a great time at severance field i love the hospitality kudos to harrisburg for being one of the few high schools that actually serves other stuff other than generic snack food like they were grilling chicken Grilling hot dogs, grilling oh, burgers.
3: A, a, I, I remember
1: going and watching them play McDevitt
3: there, uh, Bishop McDevitt at that field. Um, when I was in high school, we went and watched them. And I remember thinking the same thing. I'm like, this is an awesome, you know, this is an awesome field. It's, it was. It, it was a, it was truly, it was awesome to play there as well. I got to play there once. And, uh, yeah, it, it's a different animal playing on Saturday on that big field. It's just, it is daunting.
1: It's a daunting task. And it sounds like township was ready for it, man. And I, I love that. I love that. It was, it was a great game. I, you know, a great atmosphere, just like you're saying, and township was ready. They're, they're on a redemption. I wrote it in, in my article, which you can check on seven one seven sports and PA football news.com cheap plug there. Uh, but you know, <laughs> coach Evans is talking about, it's the retribution tour. They, they had, they went into Harrisburg, same thing last year. And, had them on the ropes, could have won that game and lost in overtime. So you know they were still reeling off that. They're still, you know, covering them for two weeks. Still mad about their Cumberland Valley loss. They had, they had every opportunity to win that game and are kicking themselves for it. But yep. Manheim Township was ready from the get go, and Coach Evans' squad—they were—they're not only they, you know, they're, they're sharp offensively, they're stout defensively, but their special teams are some of the best in the state, and that's what really cost Harrisburg in this game.
3: Well, that, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't doubt it. They're they're so well coached and everything, and you know, you got guys like an elite quarterback like Hayden Johnson, um, and you know, Landon Kennel at receiver. These guys all click together, and um, I don't know much about them defensively, but it sounds like they're doing well on that side. So of the ball. defensively,
1: they you know, Coach Yoder, you know, a long time. Um, he runs their defense. You know, he he has them coached up well. They got playmakers on. You know every phase of the ball. A linebacker Nick Good, who I've interviewed a couple times. You know he's a great kid. He makes plays. Makes if he, if he's not making the tackles, that Jake Lobbach, who's you know the stud fullback slash linebacker, is making all the other tackles. But up front, their D line, um, Julian Larue is making plays. And you got a few other guys, and it's not. I mean, it's not a senior group. A lot of these guys making plays are ju- part of this junior class. that man, I'm Township has, which includes yeah. Hayden Johnson, Landon Kennel, Nick Good. Um, they, they're, they're going to be, uh, hard to, hard to beat for years to come, but the mm-hmm. game, what really caught, so Harrisburg, what I was, I was blown away by, cause I had gotten their roster and they were treating me well. Like most schools do when you ask for their roster. And I thought I would see like 60 kids. I might've counted close to if, if, if I'm rounding up 40 for a big, wow, Harrisburg, wow. Yeah. I don't know. And they 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 had a lot of hype going into this year, too. And I still, you know, if they if they fix their special teams, I could see the hype because they have some players that are just better than anybody in the state, um, including their running back, Makai Hopkins. But what kills what, teams like that now, you expect that when you go to a smaller school like Donegal or Lancaster Catholic or Peckway Valley, you know, you might have 30, 35 guys. But a big school like Harrisburg to only have yeah. 40 kids was really bizarre. I don't know if they had kids suspended. I, I counted at least 50, close to 60 when I got the roster from the athletic director. Oh,
3: okay. Yeah, no, that's shocking to me. I I, I mean, that's a huge school and a good reputation of football. You'd right. Think, you'd think, uh, you know, kids would be chomping at the bit to play for that team. It's weird, man. It is weird that the schools that get the kids out for football – you know are most, you know, if you look at most of it, they're probably pretty successful. And it's like, what
1: what are they doing different from, from these schools that can only get 25, 30 kids out? Yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on there because, like, for but in Harrisburg's defense, those 40 kids they had, all of them were stout. What just hurts them. Is it, look, I don't know who was running the Cougars special teams because they were just a disaster from not being able to line up properly to kick an extra point to not having an actual punter. I mean, they had they went with that stupid pooch punt that teams only, you know, when I'm talking about the yeah. pooch punt yeah. where like the, the guys lined back like he's in the shotgun and they gets it all. That's something you do like on a third and forever or fourth and forever just to, you know, catch him yeah. off guard. They did that three separate times. Twice no, it was blocked, that. setting up one of Township's touchdown. The last one, see, I got this last sequence was wild. So after another, after a blocked pooch punt, you know Township had the ball with a couple minutes left. You know Hayden Johnson on a keeper gets popped by the defensive back from Harrisburg. He fumbles the ball. Harrisburg recovers. At this point, the other writers and I, uh, you know, kind of get ready to go. You know, you think Harrisburg's going to hold on. But then they run a couple plays. Evans had saved his timeout. And then then you realize with about a, a minute and some change left, oh, wait a minute. Harrisburg has to punt again. We got a game. Because yeah. even if they got this punt off, it wasn't going to be – you knew this kid, Kai Hopkins, who's a stud running back, is not going to be able to punt this in this pooch punt. So, But what does Harrisburg do? They still do the pooch punt. Hopkins gets the punt out to about the 50-yard line. Nick Good, who's an excellent special teamer, returns it to the thirty eight setting the com- comments, setting the blue streaks up in prime yeah. position. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, need to pull up my computer. This game is not over yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, no I, I, I'll
3: I. be honest with you. I didn't realize it ended like that. And, of course, Nick Good coming up clutch with a return like that. I mean, he's such a good punt returner. He's a good – yeah, he really is. He yeah, you he nearly, he nearly- it for that amount of time with, you know, uh, did they have any timeouts left?
1: Yeah, so at that point they had the ball at the 38, and they had about they might have, they had one timeout left. But you're you're at the 38 yard line, and when you run such a crisp off- offense that Coach Evans does, that's so well coached, and you have all these weapons, it only took a few plays. Like he hit, um, alum- oh no, Kennel caught a long pass, and Eli Rodriguez is another guy that makes a few plays. He got them in. Eli Rodriguez's catch got them inside the five. And then with about ten seconds left, you just need one or two plays, and and Johnson found uh, Asher Wolf, um, another junior, in the back of the end zone, wide open for a four-yard touchdown. So and then you know there was four seconds left at that point. Harrisburg, you know, had tried one last uh, one last hail mary attempt that yeah. went short, but so Harrisburg lost this game twenty-four to twenty. Two block punts, one long return, one uh, Nick Goodall. This time, I mean, I talked about my story but Nick good had a kickoff return. He nearly took to the house too. Um, so that, I mean, if Harrisburg, you know, spent even maybe you, you think if they would spend maybe, you know, maybe 20 minutes of practice each <laughs> yeah. day this week, they would have a competent special teams because they don't right now. That's just, that's not me being mean. That's just reality. That was some of the worst special teams I've seen in quite some that time. Sounds It sounds horrific. I mean, yeah, that that it is a very important
3: part of the game, special teams. I don't think people realize that, truthfully. And like, uh, I mean, nowadays you see what these guys are doing with punts and and kicks, and like, they're getting better at it. You need to teach it because it it'll change a game, man. Field position is everything. It looks like if you're it, getting it, the ball at the fifty going in, I, I mean, with Townships' offense, you're, you're coming away with points. So, I mean, you're you're giving away points essentially. Looking yeah. at.
1: And Harrisburg, they while well, they do it, like, Mackay Hopkins, he's a dude. He's their stud running back. He was the best player on the field. Um, but Township did a nice job on him. Sean Lee, their quarterback, he's a dude, too. He's, you know, he had a couple of rushing touchdowns. You know, just Harrisburg just couldn't get out of their own way. I I mean, and they got to re, revamp and regroup. that play a good Carlisle team who's smarting off a – you know, they lost to the York 54-47 Friday night. I didn't see that, no. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they so Harrisburg's got their work cut out for them. We, you know, we dropped them in the rankings um, and PA football news. They'll see that and Township. But you know, hats off to the Blue Streaks. I mean, I, as a local guy, and you know, I you can really appreciate what Coach Evans has done, how the work their this staff has put in, and they're not backing down. I mean, they they so far, Aaron, they faced Cumberland Valley, yeah. who's going to be a powerhouse. Dallas Town, who will probably finish. They won this past week. They'll probably yeah. finish. Around five and five, six and four, Harrisburg. You know they were ranked number two in the state. Now they have to go to Springford, who's probably outside of Central York, you know, one of the favorites in the YAIA Section One. So I mean, yeah. Township's not backing down from everybody, but they want the retribution tour. They want to take on all comers. They're serious about making a section run, a district title run, maybe even a state playoff run.
3: I yeah, I absolutely agree. I um. Man, that that schedule is is crazy to start your season off with those three teams, and then, yeah, I don't know much about Spring Ford, but like, I mean, I'm sure they're up to the task. It seems like they always are, right? And you know, ever since I know played, you know, played every level at Township, they uh, they do teach special teams so well. So if you're not coaching that up, you know, they'll they'll hurt you there. They'll hurt yeah. you in so many different ways, but. Yeah, I've no doubt, man. I I mean, I, I haven't I don't have their schedule in front of me, but you know, I would be shocked if I if we saw, you know, more than one loss on
1: it the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, it really so, I mean, it, this is what I was telling Colin too. Section 1 is playing out kind of what it has been for most years. I mean, we'll, now we'll see about Cedar Crest, but it it comes down to Hemfield, man, I'm Township and Wilson a three dog race. You know, I, I personally, I still, I'm sticking with man. township. I know hemfield is good. in that hemfield Manheim township game. That'll be, that'll well, be a fun one. If, if you go to those, I know you're thinking about going, just yeah, so you know, you might true. be breaking up some fights between hemfield and township. I might so, be starting them siege. Well, yeah, you would, because you're a little,
3: <laughs> Hey, but oh. you forgot one very important team that's coming on here. The red Knights,
1: the Reading red Knights. <laughs> I was saying that he's not quite on yet, but yeah, we can't, we, it has to be mentioned. Hey, Coach, they're two and one, man. They're two and one and tied for first place in section tied one, first. their first year and back in section one. And were they in section? Yeah, they were when you high school, but yeah. I think a couple, couple years after they dropped, they, they went back to the Burks league until this merger happened this, this past off season so hats off to them. They had a big win over a solid Red Lions squad. Yeah, um, we're gonna have, we're gonna have Coach Troy here on in a bit. It's gonna be great. Um, but recapping, of, you know, we'll talk about their win and their season and the work he's doing. Uh, but recapping a few more games. So hats off to Donegal um, and and Matt Ober on his coverage. Donegal got a much needed victory over Palmyra. Um, they handled they handled them, especially in the second half. My guy Noah Roar. Um, took over the game. He, this guy, Noah Roar for Donegal Aaron. He, he's their their starting linebacker, leads the team in tackles, did last year too. He's their stud running back. He'll lead the team in touchdowns and all purpose yards more than likely. And he kicks their field goals. He kicked the field goal Friday night. Jeez. He had a sequence. Uh, and she, kudos to the the Obernator on the coverage, he's doing a great job. He had a sequence. He kicked a field goal, like put them up 10, and pretty much put the game on ice for the for, for the Indians. And then uh, he picked – he came the very next play, next series, he picked off a Palmyra pass and went, you know, went for a house yes. call. So he, he's the game. A type of kid that when you're coaching,
3: I mean, that's, that's the type of kid you dream of, uh, just a guy who can do it all. And, and I think so often – early on in kids careers they're like I'm gonna do this thing I'm gonna do it real well but you know if, if you're good at a lot of things do them man I mean shoot if you're good at punting do it and it sounds like sounds like this kid's got it all so I yeah. he
1: really does um he's a one of the kids I mean he's a at a smaller school who's you know he's doing what you said he's he's doing he's playing every position to get himself noticed I know coach Rudy um shout out to coach Rudy his defense at a back bounce back this past week. So kudos to him. Um, he, he wants him to play safety in high school in college. Um, that's probably what he'll get the most looks at, uh, yeah. but he's, he's, he's getting himself noticed by doing all these things, returning kicks, kicking field goals, you know, making yeah. every play defensively and not pouting about it. And, you know, it's going to be tough for Donegal. I mean, they're one and two, but they get, and now they have to go to LS this week. So it doesn't get any, maybe that's at Donegal. That mean. It it, it it gets pretty brutal for them once Section 4 play begins because they'll have Donegal. I Donagle. think it's at
3: Donegal, yeah.
1: All right, good. I mean, no disrespect to L.S., but L.S. beat them 55 nothing last year.
3: Yeah, no, I um,
1: – You'd hope for a more competitive that, it's game. It's a
3: tough one, man. I, I I feel bad, especially for the Obernator, because uh, I, I think L.S. is, um, is going to be making some waves here coming up. Um, but yeah, no, at Donegal, you you know, they're coming into your house. And like I said on last, last week's episode to Donegal, like you don't need to prove to anybody else, but your team, you know, that to yourself that you can win games. And they did that. And, you know, if, if you start off losing two games, a lot of teams will just crumble, but it doesn't, it sounds like, you know, their coach got them, you know, still bought in ready to go. You're one and two. You're not. Oh, and three. Now that's a big difference.
1: Yeah, it could be one of those things. And that's Coach Risberg you're talking about. He's been with Donegal is his fourth, fifth season. He, he's doing a nice job there. It's one of those things with Donegal, as weird as this may sound, they'll, they'll probably you – no, know, probably they will have a worse record than last year, but they're a better team, like if that makes any sense because they're going against so much ridiculous competition. They're not going, you know, against Lycoming every week, so they're going to, you know, have a, have a battle on their hands from, you know, uh, LS, Burks Catholic, Wyom missing, obviously. Elko, um, who looks like a l- legit contender. Oh, yeah. Um, so it, it, it's gonna be tough sledding for, for Donegal, but we're happy they got the win. Um, moving on to another recap. Elko goes into Columbia and knocks off the tie after losing last year. So how about how about Elko?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm very bullish on Elko. I think they're hold on. Let me see here. Yes, I was one of the few that, uh, that picked Elko. So <laughs> no, I, uh,
1: I picked Elko I, too. I
3: really, that one was a toss up <laughs> yeah, for me. I, I mean, I, I really like Columbia and, you know, we've talked about them and raved
1: about them and they're coming into their own, but Elko, what three, and 0 now Elko is three and all, uh, they have a stud running back, um, and Jake Williams, who was injured last year, that we had – and shout out to Stephen McCloskey. He covered the game. He did an excellent job. Definitely. He, uh, he said that. I mean, because Columbia made that a game, made it a one-score game. But, he, you know, he was messaging me. They had no answer for this Jake Williams guy. You know, Elko's a team like Silenko. They love to run the – they really love to run on the rock. And, uh, you know, props to them going into Columbia, who's a perennial Section 5 favorite, and they – they for the most part other than a couple of big plays shut down that explosive off- offense that the Crimson Tide had. Definitely sounds like it. I mean, what was the final score in that one? Hang on. It it was I know it was close. Doing two things at once.
2: What's
1: that? Uh, but no, it was uh 20 to 12. I'm pulling it up now. But Jake Williams has to be met, mentioned as one of the players of the year right now and all the ll he is just a one-man wrecking crew i um you know it's a pretty cool story he was injured last year and now he's coming back and you know elko is another team they're not just they don't care that they're in a new section with all these big dogs they'll play whoever so yeah. shout out to them and it's going to be a fun fun year and colombia you know they it's a tough loss for them they battled Co- coach matthias he's they're working hard there and I'm sure they're kicking themselves for all the defensive errors they had in that game overall. Um, But they, you know, they they're still going to be in the thick of this section five race.
3: Yeah, I think so too. And when I picked that game, it was just, it's one of those games, like it, it, you know, it's going to be close and I don't think it kills either team to lose. Um, I do think Elko's 21 to
1: 12. They beat Columbia 21 to 12.
3: I thought it was something like that. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, I do think this Elko team, I think they're probably going to win this week, too, against Conrad Weiser.
1: Um, no, I think so, too. That's a Saturday night game. Saturday night? Okay. All right. <laughs> so, I have to share the story. I'm going to share it with him when he comes on, too. So, Coach Troy, he's running late. He's going to be on in about uh, 15 minutes. He goes, hey, I'll, he just texted me. I'm going to tell him this when he yeah. comes on, too. I'll be there at 7.52. I'm logging. I'm going to be home, and I'll log in then. I, and I meant to say sounds good, but autocorrect being absolutely evil, I texted him back saying sounds hood. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does sound hood, man. I like it.
1: <laughs> That's great. Yeah, he's just laughing. I'm sure he's going <laughs> to. <laughs> that and just Auto-Correct happened. Autocorrect
3: will get you. And, and, you know, Autocorrect
1: I, gets me more than most people.
2: Yeah.
3: Let's, I mean. I mean Outside of the podcast, I swear a lot, and it doesn't let you do that. And so, I mean that that uh that always messes with my texting.
1: But yeah, now that's hilarious. That just <laughs> happened. Just happened right well, on this glad, recording. I mean, I'm glad he's coming
3: on. I, I
1: really want to talk to him. Well, um, but recap. Um, so yeah, Columbia, Now the reason I want to talk about them is they uh they welcome Lancaster Catholic, who has that between them and Hamburg. Now you'd have to think are the favorites for Section Five. And Lancaster Catholic just uh, stomped the, the crap out of o- Octorara Braves. Like it was, it was a, it was forty-one nothing at halftime. The or the final score ended up forty-one to seven. I know Coach Myrino called off his dogs early yep. in this one. He was probably already prepping for Columbia because you may not know Columbia and Lancaster Catholic is a bitter rivalry. Yeah, no, I I had I did know that. Obviously, I, I didn't
3: realize it was still a thing, but yeah, no that. I can see that being well. That, those are two of the best teams in the section, and you know, Lancaster Catholic has playmakers all over the field, including Coach Way's son, who I, I did watch clips of his game, and he's got talent. And yeah, that, I mean, I, I know we talked
1: about it on previous episodes, but he's starting to play offensively too. I saw that yeah, in I saw game.
3: Play on offense, and you know, Lancaster Catholic. They are just—that's a good a program with good participation. Uh, it looked like a lot of kids on their sidelines, and yeah, uh, no, they, yeah,
2: you
1: know, they, they're—I mean, they—they they thought like if you talked with Coach Way and Coach Marino, they—they they probably wouldn't admit this, especially now. But they, you know, last year, you know, they wasn't a great group of seniors. Not, I'm not—I mean, they were just looking to get that season done. They knew this could be the year with not only with the merger but also with a lot of kids, including Will Cl- Will Cranford, Avon Parker coming back, that they could make a serious run at this. And it's paying off early. I mean, obviously, that's them, you know, just really beating – Dr. Rare is down a little bit. They lost a couple of kids to transfers and injuries and graduation. Sure. But yeah. they're still – they had one win going into the game. You know, they're no slouches. They're not just going to roll over the rest of the year. But that Magister Catholic jumped on them from the gate and never – never let down until the third quarter. So yeah. kudos to them. Uh, but this, this matchup, I, I, if I were a betting man, I bet they, uh, got those guys out earlier that maybe they may want to add a couple more scores, but they knew they got going into Columbia this week could be for the section title. Yeah,
3: absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I think they're both teams are up to the challenge. So I think it's going to be a good one. And I'll say this about coach Marino because, uh, you know, he, he coached me back in the day a little bit. He's a winner.
1: He, he's just a winner. Yeah. I mean, he's got a
3: winning mentality. And that's he's a why. Worker.
1: He's a grinder too, man.
3: Yeah, he's a grinder. And he knows his stuff. I, I remember just, okay, so I obviously wasn't in alignment lineman. But uh, that's who he was coaching back then. And before him, I'm not going to say who it was, but they're, they're all the guys would be like, man, this guy knows so much. And he's just he's so knowledgeable and he's so easy, you know, he's such a, you know, they would just talk him up. And from that point on, you know, I'm not surprised that he's, he's moved his way up. And now he's coaching a really, really good Lancaster Catholic. who's a great program and got a great history. And, you know, he it, it just comes from that winning mentality that, you know, I, I know Coach
1: Mealy instilled in him a little bit, and he's probably and Feldman too. I mean, he was with Feldman, Feldman. yeah, for the longest time. Even um, no, Mark, no, Coach Barinas, his third year there, he's you know starting to you know because he had to kind of pick it up from scraps after t- Coach Mealy left. Uh, yep, he's uh, building that program up, and that matchup against Columbia, I bet I was at the one last year. When it was when where Columbia won 60 to 41, I believe the final was. Jeez. Don't be surprised. It, it's one of those games. I, we're sending, we're going to send Scott Geibel out there, the young writer. Shout out to him for go, covering Catholic so far this year. Like he, he, he covered their game, his articles up on the yeah. website. You know, he did a nice job, but I'm going to actually call him after this podcast and let him know. Yeah, you you got. He's got a heck of a game to go to, man. Not only that, but he. I mean, it's one of those games when there's so much scoring. Like, like when I covered it last year. Anytime I covered Columbia football, I knew I wasn't getting home too late because they could score on anybody. So, yeah, it's one of those games. Don't he should not expect to be home by ten o'clock. Just say that. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited for him. Yeah, I was just nobody's really slowed down this uh, this Lancaster Catholic uh, passing attack with Will. Will Cranford, keep getting his name wrong, running the helm. He's doing a nice job, five touchdowns in the season, over a 60% completion percentage, what you're looking for. And they're really Mm -hmm. spreading it out. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff they haven't really – I mean, haven't shown a ton of yet. So, I mean, now they got, you know, Brandon Way Jr. getting some carries as well. So, it could be a tough one. I think I'm going to lean Catholic in that game, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. If we're if we're talking picks, I uh, I would lean Catholic. Well, that's well. the only one. We'll do the we'll do the rest later. But I I'm yes. definitely, you know, despite I'm what picking the Catholic things. until
3: I am on a Catholic crusade and I I'm with the Crusaders until until they prove me wrong, which they're not doing. So I'm not getting <laughs> off the train. I'm, I'm not getting off the train anytime soon. I I'm enjoying myself.
2: No, uh, no I. I
3: I'm like a uh, a big fan of the Crusaders. I, you know, I should have wore purple on this podcast.
1: I know. You should probably tell your father that after this. I'm sure he'll be thrilled. I'll, I'll tell him right to his face. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, but no, they're uh, – so Lancaster Catholic, look. you know, we talked about it at nauseum. They look like they're back, and that's good for the LL when, when Lancaster Catholic is competitive. Um, Absolutely, And that doesn't seem to be going any way anytime soon with Coach Marino at the helm. Because um, that, that might be one of the fun, best games coming up uh, for week four, which we're going to get into in a little bit. A um, couple more recaps. So we talked about Township Harrisburg, Solanco, Penn Manor, Central York, Hempfield. Um, we got to give a shout out to Coach Locker um, and Warwick, you know, for pulling off the last second victory over the undefeated Falcons of Cedar Crest. Yeah, no,
3: I mean, I did not see that one coming in any way at all, coming off that um, close loss to Ephrata. Right. And, you know, I, I'm just thinking, all right, you know, and all right, so to, to get into it, Jack Reed, quarterback Warwick.
1: He's one, one of the all-time leading passer.
3: All-time leading passer. He is one of my players to watch, uh, which is now on 717 Sports. You can read it right now for your viewing, pleasure. You pleasure. Read, you can read it right now, just a short little bit, uh, but yeah. So I have the stats right here. 23 of 31 ridiculous amount of attempts um, for a high school quarterback, in my opinion. And I think it's awesome for 259 yards and three touchdowns with zero interceptions. So 31 times uh, with zero interceptions. That, that impressed me. I,
1: I don't know why I jumped off the page well me. it's it's more impressive too that it went up you know this is a cedar crest team that was undefeated and playing really good defense before this game and had a lead in this game too so that's even more impressive what the what reed was able to accomplish on the road the yep. hostile environment in cedar crest you've played there i've played there it's a crazy place so that's yeah. what's it even it puts in my mind it puts warwick right back in the th- i know it sounds silly but you know when you go two, you know you kind of think you, know, you might turn some teams yeah. off, but that puts Warwick, that win, even though it makes them one and two, right back into the thick of the, the section uh, section two playoff race.
3: Yeah, to go off that, I mean, 0 and 2 is one thing, but there's such a steep uh, difference in 0 and 2 and 0 and 3. And for them to pull this one out, it, you know, it just shows a little bit of a pulse that's still there with the Warwick Warriors. And I, I think uh, – I don't think their record – shows this the this team i think they're better than their record and i wrote that in the article i, no, I they think, are um, i mean
1: it's kind of I'm how they start
3: if they make some waves here coming up
1: no oh, they will they will and they're and you know i know man i'm central is looking forward to that they always do in that and that that's a heated rivalry too i remember interviewing those central kids and last year like midway through the season the team they always look forward to is warwick and warwick got them last year it was funny it was that same week and Warwick ended up shocking them, but that's a heated rivalry. But, no, Warwick is in the, is back in it. You know, Coach Locker has been around. He's one of the longest tenured coaches in the LL. Um, yes. He's been at this a long time. He knows what he's doing. Jack Reed is an excellent quarterback. Brandon Snyder and Trevor Evans are excellent receivers. Um, but what's not uh, – no, so Cedar Crest, it's a tough one for them. You know, they they really want to make waves and make a difference this year in Section 1, but also in District 3. Um, So they, you know, go right back in and they, they couldn't hold off that dynamic passing attack of the Warriors.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I think throwing it that many times shows how much faith and it's great to have your quarterback and your coach on the same page. And it sounds like, you know, I always just, whenever I think about this, I just think of Nick Foles going over to uh, Doug, Doug Peterson and, with the Philly Philly play. And it's like, and and he's just like, yeah, absolutely. And it just seems like they have, they might have that kind of relationship and it's like, trust, man, he's trusting him to go out there and throw 31 times. And Reed is up to the task, man. He's zero, zero interceptions out of those 31
1: throws. So that would have been a fun game to go to because between him and Jay Huber, Cedar Crest quarterback, those are arguably two of the top five quarterbacks in the entire LL. Um, so which kudos to Warwick. Um we're gonna talk about their matchup here in a little bit. Um Cedar Crest, you know, they you know they dropped this one. They're still two and one, still tied for first in section one. Um and then they go to Penn Manor this week, who they've beaten beaten, I believe, uh nine straight times.
3: They've beaten Penn Manor nine straight times. Uh at
1: least. It might even oh,
3: be- my OK, I don't know what's been going on in my alma mater, but uh, we don't to vent
1: on them. You can just we picked we both picked solanco last week. It didn't help him. So,
3: yeah. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I um, I'm worried about that one for the Comets. You know, it's never good coming off a loss like that. And, the, and the, uh, not just
1: a loss of the deflating loss. Absolutely, because
3: I know they were upset going into that game and to lose like that last second, and now you're going up against Cedar Crest, who you know was in a very close game as well and came up short. It, I think it could go either way, but I'm leaning Crest in that one.
1: Um, yeah, let me ask you something, because you've played this game a long time. Is it better to, for a team like a school like Penn Manor to lose, like getting blown out, or to lose in a heartbreaking fashion? What? That's a great question. What um, helps you?
3: I I would say the closer game. It, it's never good to lose. I I think at this point, and it's a great question. But I think at this point, Penn Manor needs to win. At any any chance, obviously, you need to get win. You need to notch wins on your record. Like
1: there's no win doubt. Winning at any cost. Like winning at, at any last cost. Yeah.
3: Cheat cheat to win. Now I I um. I think losing the big games, like getting crushed by LS, I think that kills your program a little bit. Um, And and that that might sound a little harsh, but uh, the close games, like I said, man, shootouts don't kill a team. You want to keep playing shootouts. You want to go to a fifth quarter. You know, you want to keep playing the game and and these blowouts, you don't want, you don't want to happen. You you don't want to be there. You want to, you know, move on to the next week. So I think, the closer losses, you know, I hopefully Penn Manor can bounce back. Who'd you take in that? You took Cedar Crest, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah I, I, did, uh, I did too. I've, I've lost a little faith in my comments.
1: There's no denying it. I think, you know, not only they've been a def- disappointment offensively, but they defensively, they've been a major letdown too. And I think Jay Huber is going to be looking his chops, looking at that. Yeah. Up banged up defense too that like, i mean i know they yeah. still not going to have adam Dittmer, who started there for a couple years uh, so that it doesn't get any easier for Penn manor no more uh gotta start no more, airing
3: the ball out man air it out yeah,
1: yeah. another quick recap shout um man i'm central I'm gonna, i thought it was just you were their good luck charm to start the year going to that game but they they uh, held on against uh fighting Cocalico squad and won by a touchdown. That's a rivalry that won't be able to stay every year. That's a pretty passionate rivalry, but well-respected, a, a mutual respect between both schools type of rivalry, if that makes yeah. any sense. But that won't yeah. happen every year with the merger, because obviously Cocalico's Section 4, man, I'm central Section 2.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I mean, I'm almost even about to go as far – as say Central is gonna gonna win this section. I I I'm not gonna guarantee it, Joe Namath style, but I, I think um, they might be getting close to being a lock for this section. I I, I really think that seeing them in person and seeing
2: you see know, you, Zach I mean ha-
3: Zach Hahn's a leader and he and he knows the all he runs the offense so well and they just fly around on defense.
1: Yeah, fly around. Yeah, Rocco Doherty is one of the best defensive players in the entire LL. Um, and they got a running back in Bryson Arnold is I saw that is uh making a name for himself, stu- making a name for himself too, which is hard when you have so many superstars at a school like Manham Central does every year, but Bryson Arnold looks like the real deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, and back to what you're saying. Though, so Manham Central obviously is probably one of the favorites, but you haven't seen Exeter play yet. They stomped them in Central last year in districts. I know Central, because I asked Coach Han this already earlier this year, uh, is looking forward to that game. But, you know, Exeter has dudes across the board. They have a guy in Joey Scheffler that's going to Penn State, big time tight end. They got a couple of linemen. Um, yeah. So if you get a chance, you need to watch Exeter. Yeah. That, no, they, I, the I, I know they're really, right too. I,
3: yeah. That's why I'm not completely saying it yet. I'm just kind of throwing it out there. I'm planting the seed for. I'm planting the <laughs> Central seed. No, but I, I think, uh, yeah, no, that that's a great matchup. I can't wait to see that one. Um, but yeah, Central. I mean, Central over Calico, I think was, you know, for lack of better words, pretty, uh, pretty set in stone. I, I think Central's really on a war path right now.
1: Yeah. It looks that way. They look, you know, they look like they have the extra motivation and they're taking on all comers. Um, another quick recap, effort, uh, stomp, what goes in the Lebanon shout out to the Mountaineers going two and one, um, to start the year. I know they'd like to be three and zero oh, if you would ask them, they had every opportunity to beat red line week one, but effort, uh, you know, takes care of business, goes in the Lebanon. Yeah. Lebanon's been struggling. They're still down. Um, but, you know, Effort did what they had to do, and other years you couldn't say that about the Mountaineers, so good, to, good for them. Yeah,
3: yeah, no, they're a surprising squad this year. And um, now with Warwick winning this week, their win over Warwick is all the more impressive, in my, in my opinion. And, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. I think they're, they're being really well coached, and they got one heck of a running back in Andre Widman. and uh, yep. I think he's having a good year. And I think his best stats are to come. I think he hasn't. Maybe you know he's had great games,
1: but I think his best. Yeah, but he's status. been banged up too. Admittedly, he's been banged up. He's 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 been fighting through injuries, and you know he wants to stick it out. He knows, you know, the special thing, that him and the Mount, his mountaineer teammates have been working on for years, and they have district playoffs on their mind. Um, yep, we're gonna talk about that here in a second. So shout out to that. It was a just another wild week of LL Burke's football and. That was, you know, every game, almost every game kind of had you on the edge of the seat. And that's what I love about the season so far. I love how it's been spread out, too. I mean, obviously, Friday night is generally for high school football. But, you know, with some of these schools having to play on Saturdays, it's, you know, gives me something to do. Gives me something more to do. Yeah, no, I I mean, I
3: love following our, you know, obviously our Twitter account and all the the, um, score updates. If you haven't followed the 717, 717 Sports Media account on Twitter, you need to because it's got, I mean, they, they've got such good updates and all the scores, and, you know, our writers are tagging it. And there's just such a lot of information out there and really breaking down games. And I yeah, think no. all the writers are doing such a great job, which is why I'm stressing this. And no, uh, I, I
1: agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah I mean, a- it's like
3: very good coverage. And,
1: this season's yep. very fun. Yeah, and it's very early, too. We still got a lot of football left. Um, it has to be mentioned, Lampeter-Strasburg did what we expected them to do. They went into Kennedale and, you know, for lack of a better term, took their lunch money. You know, but, you know, business trip for the Pioneers. They're going to go on a run here if you look at their schedule. They're going to go on a run here Uh <laughs> coach godney is technically deficient i swear he just got here click on the he just needs to click on the link as he trying to click uh, hey it can be
3: it can be tough these uh these zoom calls oh
1: don't, don't make it clickable Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well have coach godney on here in a sec but oh, go ahead your thoughts on the pioneers yeah no
3: i they're um They're doing well. They're they're getting back into it. Um, Yeah, I I don't think that Solanco loss, we we mentioned it, I don't think that hurt them at all. I I think if anything, it's like, okay, we can't let our guard down against, you know, tough teams. And I think they're uh, not a sleeper, but they're definitely a contender in their section. And um, another team I wanted to mention, um, I know we haven't really talked much about it, but Hamburg.
1: The yeah, Hamburg go ahead Hawks. about that. You had a gr- one of your players to watch. Talk about him.
3: Yes. Okay, because this guy's stats are out of this world. All right, so the Hamburg Hawks, the 3-0 and off to a great start. Um, they're running back, Pierce Mason. 19 carries for 292 yards and four touchdowns. He tied the, high, the Hamburg high school record. And he's got 11 touchdowns on the season. I Hamburg is a sleeper for their yeah. section. No, I mean, not, we're not, so they, they're, not a, they're not a sleeper. I mean,
2: they're,
1: they're, but a, they, they, they when we talk about the section five favorites, they, the, we, we can't, uh, disclude them. Disclude not even a word, but whatever. Uh, yes. Hamburg is a, generally a powerhouse for that, that level of play. Um, and sounds like they run really a lot. You know, they run first as well. But they're going to be – you know, Lancaster, Catholic, and Columbia, I know they might be thinking it's going to be the battle for Section 5 this week. Hamburg is right there. That kid – 292 yards.
3: 292 yards with four touchdowns. And if I'm not mistaken, I think one of his touchdowns might have been called back. But he's already got 11 touchdowns this season. And, and like, these stats are ridiculous. 292. That's, uh, that's like Adrian Peterson type stuff.
1: No, he's, he is impressive. He's the real deal, man. Uh, mm-hmm. It sounds like it. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to try and get Tro- uh, Coach Troy Garnay on, and then we're going to finish up with our, our picks for week four. I'm coming. Hang on. Stay tuned.
0: For more great content, make sure you follow 717 Sports Media on all your podcast listening platforms. Also follow us on social media on Twitter at 717 underscore sports, Facebook and Instagram at 717 Sports Media. We're also checking on our website daily for your daily news and sports videos at 717sportsmedia.com.
1: Coming back to you live. Thank you all so much for joining us. And we are pleased to bring you a you know, very special guest, first-time head coach, long-time uh, Redding Red Knight, T- Coach Troy Godinay. You there, Coach?
0: Yeah, I'm here, boss. How you doing?
1: <laughs> hey, how you doing,
0: man? been a long time. I'm doing all right, man. I'm sorry with the struggles, man. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's the school district Wi-Fi or something, but we're all right now.
1: Hey, all good coach. It's, you know, it's good to talk to you again, man. We're uh, doing a local podcast here around the 717 and you know, I've known you for a long time and, you know, you know, we're just happy, you know, that's my brother here, Aaron, who's a co-host with me. And we couldn't be more than happy for your success
0: early on coach. So congrats. Uh, I appreciate it, man. It's, it feels good to see the kids seeing the hard work pay off a little bit. And we're just looking to build from there, man. Like, seeing the smiles on their faces and and, and seeing some early success for them is, is great. So that's
1: that's outstanding coach. What um and this is a I know uh, we're asked I'm going to ask you about your quarterback here in a second. Um but it sounds like, you know, just watching everything, you guys have every you have a lot of participation within the community. You have you're playing a lot of younger guys too. So it seems like you're already building that tradition back there in Reading.
0: Yeah, we have, we have a really, really big sophomore class. Um, some really athletic and strong kids. They invested into the weight room this offseason. Um, I always knew that when it comes to Reading, it's always about relationships. You just have yeah. to be able to build relationships with these young men. And once they trust you, they'll do anything for you. It's no different than when I played there um, with Coach Wolski. If you trust them, you're going to play for them. You'll do anything for them. that's just pretty much what it's about is about building relationships from the youth level to the middle school level to the high school level when kids trust you they'll do anything for you and um i mean the amount of time and energy these kids are putting into the program it's great to see because they're seeing it pay off and um you know the coaches the energy that they bring on an everyday basis the relationship that they have with the kids the the, the kids are truly enjoying the building process and it's great to see
3: that's awesome, Coach. Hey, uh, I want to say congratulations on your win the other night, man. And, uh, yeah, no, I wanted to ask you, because I, I did get a chance to watch uh, your quarterback. Um, I'm forgetting his last name, Amir. Burdine. Burdine. I I was really impressed with his tape, um, and I saw that he plays both sides of the field. What's a guy like that bring to your, uh, bring to your team there? And, and um, yeah, if you could go – you know, go on about him a little bit because,
0: uh, so, yeah, go ahead. The, the, the crazy thing about Amir is that he's the youngest senior at Reading High. So the kid should technically wow. be a junior. Um, he was playing varsity football at the age of 14, pretty much. <laughs> you know wow. what I mean? Wow. And um, when he was a freshman and unfortunately he had to deal with some injuries last year and we didn't have the, the fall with the COVID year, his sophomore year. So, people are really just starting to see the talent that that young man has, but we always knew what he was able to do. Unfortunately, um, last year he had the collarbone issue and it was a freak accident and, and things happened, but he invested himself in the weight room. Um, he built his body up, he's, he's a stronger kid. Um, just the things that he could do on the football field is special. You don't get those kids very often. Um, he's a leader. And, and I think that's something that, that it's amazing to see because how young he is and what he's developed in that aspect. Um, colleges love him on the defensive side of the ball, but I think everybody can see when the ball's in his hands, he can do some magical things. And his teammates kind of give him the nickname the Magic Man. Because oh, when, awesome. yeah, when, awesome. when, when, when things go wrong, man, he finds a way to make <laughs> them right. And, uh, did his teammates do that it, or it did you it, do that, Coach? Did you put that nickname no, in, or I, your team, I, teammates. I think that's a whole I think that's a whole team statement. Honestly, like everybody <laughs> came up with it. It's just that's awesome. That's awesome. But he Coach, coached the game I, the right way. He plays the game the right way. He loves the game. He enjoys the game. He encourages his young guys. like you said, we're, we're a very young team too. But like they're they're feeding off of his leadership and they're seeing yeah. what it takes to be able to win. And the like we are down this past game in the first half, you know, twenty-one to six. I think everybody thought, oh, here goes the old writing again. They'll never come back from that. And the fact that these young guys are able to, to battle back and, and fight and find a way to win yep. in a game like that, that that speaks to the leadership that Amir brings to the table.
3: Absolutely. I think it shows that they're uh, they're bought in to what you guys have going there. And, uh, yeah, I can tell you I was, I was pumped for the
1: Red Knights. Uh, he did. Coach, he did text me late at night. He's like, "Give me that Redding score. I know they won. I know they won." <laughs> he was texting me late.
3: Well, coach, coach. So I, I know playing against Redding, um, you know, about ten years ago, there was always talent there, man. And they, they beat us our senior year. And, and you know, I just remember thinking, "How is this team? You know, losing so many games? They got talent all over the field." But I'm glad that uh, they got a good leader at the helm there. and, And uh, I'm, I'm pumped for you guys going forward.
0: Thank you, man. Yeah. Running. It's easy. Like to just think about the talent that running has, but everybody always knows it's not about the talent. It's about the work that you put into it. Um, And it's, and, and the thing that's, that's amazing to see is just the fact that our young guys haven't been playing the game a very long time, but we have, we like we surrounded them with a great coaching staff who w- was patient with them and, and pushes them the right way with with like with a loving tough mentality and and they're building and they're growing into the players that we want them to be but then most importantly they're growing into the young men that we want them to be um and they're looking forward to just competing and getting better every single day and it's amazing to see the attitude that they're bringing on a regular basis to truly motivates us on a regular day coach that's
1: that's awesome, man. We're we're pulling for you. I've, and I've known you a long time, and I know how hard you've always worked. Going back to our days at Mansfield, and you know, you got you got you got two fans over here, Coach. We're definitely pulling for the Red Knights all season. Even though we're Penn Manor no, alone, man. we're pulling for the
0: Red Knights. <laughs> no, I appreciate the man. We appreciate that to the fullest, man. Um, you know, well, like great. our our kids take pride in playing for the city, and, and it's great to see a, a positive vibe and a positive energy in the city for football again. You know, and and that's the most important thing. People don't ever think that Redding can get back to being a football city. But realistically, like, we know that Redding can not just get back to being a football city, but just a championship city in all aspects, and track and field, and basketball, and football, swimming, baseball. Like, it just takes the work behind it for the talent to show. Speaking of uh, basketball, Ruben Rodriguez –
1: did I? I just saw that this week. And my apologies, Coach. Has he been on your squad for football these last couple years? It's the kid who's going. He's going to be playing major
0: college basketball in a year. Yeah, well, he he played for us last fall, and um, okay, he, he got he got banged up a little bit. Okay, so, but I mean, he came out this year. Um, Ruben and, and a bunch of co- and our coaching staff have a great relationship. Not only that, he's best friends with Amir. Um, but the that's kid it. is just a natural athlete, and he's just a natural leader. Like when he speaks, people listen, and his energy is contagious. And he has that dog in him, man. and then he's a kid that he can go out and do whatever he wants, and he's going to be successful, and he's going to be able to be good at it. Like, that's awesome. The fact that we're three games in and he got five touchdowns and, th- and two interceptions is—it's not something that anybody can just go out there and do after they just completed. Oh the Junior National Olympics, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. He's just, I, I knew about him from basketball, Coach. I know, like, I know, him. you don't have to sell me on him. I, I just, I, that popped up this week, and I saw that in the style, I'm like, wait. So you've already got, like, major other athletes, like, play, major basketball <laughs> athletes playing football, track athletes, I'm sure. It sounds like the, the message is uh, spreading at Reading in terms of multi-sport athletes, things like that.
0: Yeah, for sure, and Honestly, it's not just about relationships with the kids. It's about relationships with other coaches and relationships with the community. You just got to be able to put kids in a positive situation and a situation to succeed. And I think when you have trust in, in everybody and you have a great that great relationship where you know you're going to work together, things kind of fall in place a little bit. Obviously, we're still building. I know it's the third game of the season. And we're not going to act as if um, – we're on top of the world or anything. Cause we know right. we're not, <laughs> um, we know yeah. the work still has to be there and we still have to grind. And um, we're just looking forward to competing on an everyday basis. And I think those relationships, like we talked about in all aspects kind of help us. Right. Well,
1: that's, that's awesome. Coach. We really, we're, we're pulling for you here. We, you know, we can't thank you enough for uh, taking the time out of your crazy work day. I know we talked about it in length. Look, one last question. We'll let you go. You got Wilson not this week, sure. right? Yes. Is that and that's at Reading? Yes. All right. Do you have a, do you want to give a message to Wilson? What they're coming into this week? We're trying to bring the red knight pride back,
0: man. No, nah, man. No message for Wilson. <laughs> a, a message. No message for Wilson, man. You know, I'm a young coach, but I'm not that young. <laughs> but, um He's speaking like a coach already, man. He is, he is. We love that. No, nah, but um, you know, the Wilson-Redding thing is very, very important to a lot, right, of our, right. a lot of us. You know, like a lot of members on the staff played at Reading High, and that, that rivalry was always something real, and it's something that's in our heart. Um, we go by the slogan, night-blooded, and, and you know, it's for the guys who played in the same stadium, walked in the same locker room, walked the same halls, walked the same streets, you know. It means something to play football at Redding High. When it means something to play football at Redding High, it meant something to play Wilson, and um, you know, just and even in the competitive level, there's great relationships that were built through that rivalry. Um, but it's just exciting to be able to play them again, you know. And and we're we're ready to compete. We're ready to see where we're at. Oh, well, that's awesome,
1: uh, Coach Godney, head coach at Reading. Check him out. They got they welcome Wilson in a big Section One battle this Friday. Coach, can't thank you enough for coming on. It's great to talk to you again, and we're pulling for you, Coach. Thank you. Thank you so much, Coach. It's my
0: pleasure. It's my pleasure, man. I appreciate you guys, man, and I'm wishing you all the success because you deserve it. All right.
1: Oh, love you, Coach. Appreciate that, Coach. All the best this season, Coach.
0: Yep. Thank you. Take care. Yep. Go Red Knights.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was uh, that was great. If that doesn't want to make make you run through a, a brick wall right now, and you don't love football.
3: I, I absolutely do, and uh, I'm the biggest fan of his now.
1: Yeah, I'm. Uh,
3: I love the whole night blooded thing. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah no, they they've got themselves a good one there at Reading, and um. But what, yeah, what's like, so wait, wait, impressive
1: uh, about? Sorry to cut you off. What's so no, impressive sure. about Coach? Um. Is that he already like Ruben Rodriguez is one of the best basketball players, not only in the state of Pennsylvania, but in the United States. He played for the under uh, 18 uh, Puerto Rican national team. He's out playing football for him and he comes in right away and just makes plays. He, what coach already has guys from different sports playing for him. Redding is there to stay, man. I'm yeah, telling that, you that that
3: is so impressive to me. And um, just saying, you know, like. And my outsider perspective, I'm sitting here, you know, Redding's got a bunch of talent, but he's like, that's the one thing is, it's not just having the talent. It's getting guys to put in work and like, yeah, and all this stuff. I, I just, I, I was eating up everything he was saying. And yeah, I mean, if, if I had, if my house was made of brick, well,
1: the outer part is, but uh, I'd run through it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. We got to give him, sh- I mean, He called in, too. That's, you know, that's the type of dude Coach Troy is. You know, he's, you know, worked a full day. I'm sure that, you know, Mondays, you know, film correction, uh, weightlifting, game prep, all that stuff. And he still came home and called in. You know, so much love to him. Uh, Redding, they'll have Wilson at home this week. I'm still picking Wilson. Let's let's recap our picks. Let's uh, talk about a couple games who we picked for this week, and then we'll wrap it up here. Yep. So you you taking Wilson at Reading? Uh. Uh, I hate to
3: follow it up with this pick. Um but yeah, I'm taking Wilson. They're just too good. Yeah. They're, they're um you know, but may, maybe, maybe it's more of a shootout than I than I originally thought. He's completely <laughs> won me over now, and now I'm like thinking, you know, who who knows what could happen? But I know Wilson just got such a strong think offensive Wilson, attack, and they're so good defensively. Oh, you heard
1: what Coach Troy said too. Wilson so well coached; they they know about this trap game because this rivalry didn't go away, even though the, uh, Redding didn't play in yeah. Section One for the last several years. That rivalry didn't go away. You heard Coach Troy say that, um, but he, I think, we'll I think I think Redding keeps it a game for about three quarters, and Wilson pulls away too much. Strength up front in the fourth quarter wins by a couple touchdowns. Their got key, to,
3: your key is to get on the board early with Wilson. Uh, if they want to have a chance. Because I, I think Wilson, I promise you, that school I, I wonder if they've ever given up more than like if they're up two touchdowns on you, it's over.
1: Hang on. So, did, you, did you who'd you take in uh Octorera CoCalico? I took Cocalico. Yeah, all right. I was gonna say, I was gonna burn you in that one. Cocalico's winning that <laughs> one. No, nah, uh,
3: yeah, I think um, Cocalico is gonna be hungry this week. Octorero's is coming off a really bad loss. So you are
1: downplaying Anvil Cleona. They got ha- Hamburg. That's a sneaky good game. I mean, I know you took Hamburg because you're all about them now. After the Hamburg loss, so, yeah. I'm going to, I'm yeah, like, no, there we go. I think
3: they're, they're going to win that game. I think Pierce Mason is going to have another good game. Um, He might not go for 292 yards and four touchdowns, but he's going to, he's going to run all over him, I believe. And uh, Hamburg in a, in a one, maybe two touchdown win.
1: So the best game we'll wrap it up here is looking at this week, <laughs> Solanco at 3-0 travels the 2-1 and one Ephrata in a, a Section 3 matchup. Who you got? Southern Lancaster County.
3: The Mules. I got the Mules winning this one. I think um, Ephrata's feeling good. Uh, they're riding high right now. And Solanco, I, I just think they find ways to win. And they, use, they do what you know. Like, I, love, I always say in football do what you know and they do what they know very well. Yeah, triple option and uh, I think they grind this one out. but I think it's like another effort versus Warwick type game. I think this one ends up in a close one, but those seniors man that got the class plays together and I, I think they win in the end.
1: Yeah, so we'll see. I'll, I'll, do, I'll send out the picks later this week. I am I am beating you overall. Um, Shout out to the Obernator. Um, All right, well, we're going to wrap it up here. This is great stuff. You'll catch our picks for week four coming up on the 717 website. Check out Aaron's article on players to watch in the league. That is up. Uh, Shout out to Matthew Ober, Colin Richardson, Scott Geibel, and Stephen McCloskey. They all wrote great write-ups. This week, uh, Scott Geibel will be traveling to Columbia for Lancaster Catholic at Columbia. Steven McCloskey will be at your comments, in Millersville as they welcome Cedar Crest. And uh, Colin will be at Hemfield's game. They go into McCaskey, probably going to win that game handily. Um, we'll see. Uh, that used to be a rivalry. That's another story. Yep. Uh, the Obernator will have Donegal covered as they welcome LS. Uh, and uh, Patrick will be at Solanco at Ephrata. So we'll have a lot of covers for 717. We appreciate all of our writers. Keep up the great work. Um, but give us a follow and, you know, special thanks to Coach Coach Troy for coming on. He called in. He was great. Uh, Aaron, any last words? I got nothing today, man. I think uh, we said it all.
3: And I think the sections are starting to, to come into a bigger picture here. And I'm looking forward to hopefully, hopefully getting back in the race with these picks here.
1: Well, check them out later this week. We, we love you all and have a great night. Take care.